Now, I want you to journey with me uh, eight months ago, going back to December 30th of last year. Now, my family, we were celebrating the birthday of my oldest son. I won't step over there anymore. Of my oldest son, Isaiah. He turned 14 that day. Life was going by as normal. Uh, people, you know, they were staying inside to avoid the cold. Around the globe, there's a lot of hanging out with family going on. It's a little bit after Christmas. People watching TV, getting on social media as they pass the time. I got on social media. I posted a happy birthday message about my son. Well, on the other side of the world, in China, a guy named Dr. Lee Winliang posted a message on social media as well. And his message was to a group of his uh, friends and college alumni. And in it, Dr. Lee warned them that there was seven people that had been quarantined in a seafood market in Wuhan, China. And he was saying they are probably infected with, quote, a virus whose specific categorization is yet to be known. And Dr. Lee asked everyone in the group, be careful, try to avoid them, take preventative measures. And the Chinese authorities, uh, they watch social media posts and they saw this and they were not pleased. And they accused Dr. Lee of spreading rumors and making false comments and spreading irrational fear among people. The thing was, his comments weren't false. Now for a few weeks, people, uh, experts, uh, government officials, they, they tried to make light of the situation of infections, tried to deny them or undercount them. but. The vast majority of people very soon realized that the threat was real. They began taking it seriously. And Dr. Li Wenliang's warning, it, it wasn't spreading false claims and irrational fear. Far from it, his warning was well-founded. His warning was spot on. Unfortunately, by the time people began to believe him, Dr. Li had passed away due to COVID-19. Uh, these days, Dr. Li has started to be hailed as sort of a hero because his uh, rumor about what we know now to be COVID-19 was in fact the truth. No one likes to be the bearer of bad news. You know, no one likes to say, hey, listen, you, I got I to gotta share something bad with you. It brings people down. It makes them uncomfortable. It often spoils plans. But if the news is true and telling it can help others from succumbing to a threat, then bad news, even though it's not comfortable to share, it, it must be shared. And to avoid sharing it is to leave people in ignorance. And ignorance in that situation is not bliss. Ignorance is dangerous. We are all aware that there is a global pandemic going on, not just an epidemic. If you don't know the difference, epidemics are serious, but epidemics, there are outbreaks in like a single community or a single region. A pandemic, that's an outbreak that um, it goes globally. It's in a lot of different countries. Now, COVID-19, that is a pandemic. It's affecting people globally. We are aware of this and the world is aware of this now. Authorities no longer are denying the seriousness of it. They're taking all sorts of steps to help prevent the spread of disease. 
but there is also a, another global pandemic happening right now and it is the pandemic of sin and it is also a worldwide problem it is affecting every nation and as I said no one likes to share bad news you know uh, no one likes to talk about sin to call sin out for what it is you know no one even really likes discussing their sin or other sin it's it's not a fun thing to do uh, I don't particularly have fun preaching about sin but this pandemic of sin is real and the consequences of sin that is ignored they are deadly and so even though it may not be the most comfortable thing to talk about sin must not be ignored like COVID-19 there are some that will ignore warnings about this sin pandemic they will accuse any preachers or anybody else trying to warn about it of the same things they accused Dr. Lee of. Oh, you're making false comments. You're spreading irrational fear among people. But warning about a sin pandemic is not doing that. This is spreading biblical truth that hopefully will cause people to take these warnings seriously and seek a solution. It's always good to understand details about the pandemic that we're facing. Uh, when we started talking about COVID-19, we were wondering, what is it? We found out it's a type of coronavirus. And then you start doing research, you find out what is coronavirus? Well, that's uh, a common family of viruses. Almost everyone gets a coronavirus infection at least one time in their life. It includes the common cold. But this newly identified type called COVID-19, it was very different from a common cold. Uh, it was known as a severe acute respiratory syndrome, more serious, and that is what is causing this pandemic. Now, when we start talking about sin, talking about this spiritual pandemic, the first thing we need to do as well is understand what it is. What is sin? Well, sin that is a term that it's it was used long ago in archery actually it, it technically means missing the mark so imagine that you had a bow and arrow and you were shooting at the target and you were aiming for the bullseye and you missed that center bullseye mark your shot was not perfect so it was sin it was missing the mark now when it comes to the christian understanding of sin it kind of relates in the same way we need to understand that the the perfect mark we are aiming for is uh, God God is our perfect standard and as followers of Jesus we are all trying to be imitators of God Ephesians 5 1 it tells us imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children so God's the standard, and he's perfect in word and in deed. We are called to imitate him. It's even in our name. Christian literally means follower of Christ, imitator of Christ. So we're following his example as our Lord, as our master. But, of course, sometimes we fall short of that high standard. Now, if you want a good basic definition of sin, here it is. Sin is when we fail to conform to the moral law of God. God has given us this moral law 
in Holy Scripture, and when we fail to follow that moral law, we sin. Again, this is a pandemic, meaning the whole world is affected by this. The whole world does this. And we all do it in three main ways. First, the one that most people think of, we sin through sinful acts, through the sinful things that we do. If we lie or cheat, steal something, murder, these are all sinning through sinful acts. This seems like it would be fairly obvious, right? Like I... Like I'm explaining something fairly obvious, but you know I'm talking to a room full of mostly Christians too. I, you know, even among Christians, but especially with the world, people have an ability to convince themselves often that what they are doing, even when it is sinful, oh, this is not sin though. It's it's just fine. They'll rationalize it and they'll tell you why this is not really a sin. Actually, it, it's okay. And then some will even go so far to not only rationalize it, but then promote, encourage, and even celebrate their sin you know you will see people uh, celebrating getting drunk we know drunkenness is a sin why well because they have stopped taking that sin seriously you know they don't think it's a big deal God has said it is but they're like well you know God said that but I think otherwise it's sex outside of marriage pornography use gossip lying all these are sinful acts God has made that clear and yet our society does not take them seriously and it often even celebrates them. Now, that's a line, I guess, you could say, of what is sinful that our society tolerates and even celebrates. But the thing about that line is it's always changing and it's moving further and further and further away from God's holiness. Uh, I have seen online posts recently that, that man they they anger me they they make me want to get off uh the internet and, and stop trying to see it but it, it you know i've seen posts celebrating pedi uh, pedophilia trying to argue oh love has no age celebrating abortion and there was a woman wearing a shirt that said love your abortion i celebrating police officers being shot and killed saying well a good cop is a dead cop now these are extreme views of celebrating sin they disgust me and they also disgust a large portion of society even non-christians but here's what I want you to realize just because our society okays some sins and they're disgusted by others does not mean that God okays some sins and is disgusted by others. God hates all sin. Period. No matter what is tolerated or even celebrated by our culture, sin is still sin in God's eyes. And he is not happy about those who are trying to say otherwise. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good, and good evil. Who put darkness for light, and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes, and clever in their own sight. Our culture is not the one that gets to define what is sin and what is not. There are PC police, but I tell you, 
what is allowed by that that will change decade to decade we have seen just in our lifetimes there are oh there were certain words you could say now that oh 40 years ago you could say just fine they were celebrated they were team names now they could get you fired you know uh, you could put on blackface and now oh that can get you fired but just because our society's lines change God he's like no my line always stays the same sin is sin is sin and it does not change no matter if your culture is now celebrating sin as unnormal or just the way I was born or something that is to be loved when it is killing your child or when it is uh, a protest that is no longer peaceful and it is killing people I mean it's, it gets ugly out there but in a world full of subjectivity God is the one that defines sin because he is the only objective good the whole bunch of people that they have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but he is perfectly holy so he is the one that sets the standard so there are sinful acts secondly there are sinful attitudes that we need to be aware of in the pandemic of sin these may not be as obvious but they are contrary to the attitudes that God requires of us nonetheless we see these even in the Ten Commandments uh, the very last commandment is that you shall not covet your neighbor's house or his wife or and he goes on and says a lot of things but basically anything that belongs to your neighbor God doesn't want us to have an attitude of jealousy in Galatians 520 Paul lists not only jealousy but also anger selfishness as attitudes that are opposed to the working of the Spirit Philippians 2.14 tells us, do all things without grumbling or complaining. That's one that I like to quote to my kids. Our attitude, it matters. Our attitudes, they can be sinful. You know, there's a saying that actions forgot, speak louder than words. Well, attitude often speaks louder than action you think about it you can do the the right thing with the wrong attitude and still have to be sinful I'll give you an example um, if I told my children to clean their room and they started complaining and they started stomping away I am not going to be pleased even if they do clean up what they were supposed to clean up because they did it with the wrong attitude I care more about what is going on in their hearts than just did you obey I don't want them to obey in a complaining attitude in a grumbling attitude and God does not want us to obey in a grumbling complaining attitude either which is why Philippians 2.14 says do all things without grumbling or complaining God is concerned with our hearts and he does not want our hearts to be bitter I used to work with a guy by the name of Al he was always bitter angry complaining about everything most negative person I've ever met in my life Al never ever got a promotion he had worked there for years he had worked there before I ever started he knew everything about what to do but he never got a promotion because of his attitude 
not only did he not get a promotion because of his attitude, nobody wanted to work in the same area as Al because of his attitude, because of his grumbling and complaining. When I was making a schedule, other workers would be like, please don't put me with Al. Because people don't want to be around that. No. If we're trying to share the love of Jesus, we cannot be negative people. We just, we can't. That's the wrong attitude to have. Another sinful attitude is fear. Now, I'm not saying you can never be scared or alarmed. There are times when you should be scared or alarmed. You know, God has given us that ability for a reason. There are times like, oh, fleeing, that would help me stay alive right now. Let me run, you know. But you should not live in fear. Over a hundred times in Scripture, it says one way or another this message. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. All right? 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In times like this, when everything is different and you walk around and all you hear, even if you turn on sports, is people talking about COVID or on the news, oh, it's people talking about COVID or you see people looking at masks and everything is so different. You need to remember God still has this. God is still in control. He would still tell you, do not be afraid. Now you can be wise and you should be wise. If they're saying, wash your hands, try to social distance, wear your mask, do those things. But do not live in fear. God does not want his people to live in fear. I'm not saying that we should be like the Stepford Wives or something and just have fake plastic smiles on our face all the time. But we should have default attitudes of gratitude and contentment and selflessness and when we have that as our default attitude that is going to help show that we are followers of Jesus more than our words ever will if I say I'm a Christian and I go around being all fearful and all negative and angry it, who is that going to win to the kingdom nobody so we need to watch our attitude so that we can shine our lights for God to the best of our ability and so that we can do our good works with a good attitude to bring God glory the third way that we sin against God's moral law is by not practicing his positive commands alright these are called sins of omission you might recognize there the omission it sounds kind of like omit you know when you omit something you leave it out so sins of omission means we sin by not doing the good things that we are supposed to do so avoiding sin then it doesn't just mean that you avoid doing bad things and having bad attitudes it also means that we must do the good things that we know that we are supposed to do listen to what james says about this james 4 17 he says anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins so if I know that I should forgive someone but I don't I am sinning 
if I know I should go help out my neighbor. But I don't. I am sinning. If I know I should be giving tithes and offering. But I don't. I am sinning. Now if you hear all of that sinful acts, sinful attitudes, sins of omission, you're like, man, how can anyone keep this standard? That is too hard. Everybody is yeah, you get it. That's why the Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin is a pandemic. It's affected all of us. It's missing the mark of God's holiness. We find it all over the world in acts and attitudes that are opposed to the moral law of God. Now, just to help make it as clear as possible, here's a few more things about uh, sin that the Bible says. Number one, sin is impossible for God. He is the only being that is objectively good. Psalm 111.7 says, Everything God does is good and fair. All his commands can be trusted. Job 34.10 says, It is impossible for God to do anything evil. He cannot sin or do wrong. Sin is impossible for for God. Everything God does is good. Therefore, all sin is against God's will. It's against what is good. That means if you are sinning, you are putting yourself against God, which is not a wise place to be. Number two, selfishness is always sin. In James 3.16, it says, where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find it in every evil practice. So selfish ambition is not only sin but it leads to other sin selfishness it's kind of wrapped up in pride in this i want it i deserve it attitude when we are selfish we are never satisfied we're never content we're always comparing ourselves to others now you contrast that to godliness which learns to be content with what we have not feel the need to compare first timothy 6 6 it says godliness with contentment is great gain great gain in other words you want to gain a lot you want to be rich learn to be content and live a godly life that is where the true riches come from dale carnegie once said and he was not a theologian but he once said it isn't what you have or who you are or where you are or what you're doing that makes you happy or unhappy it is what you think about it are you content and grateful or are you selfish and wanting more when you think about it, selfishness is a form of poverty. And contentment is a form of wealth. Lastly, sin is unbelief in who Jesus is. It's not enough to just say, I believe that Jesus existed, or I believe that there's some great being out there. Jesus says you must believe in him and who he is, that he is the Christ, the Son of God. In John 16, 9, Jesus says, The world's sin is unbelief in me. Unbelief in Jesus is a sin. People who believe in Jesus, when he's talking about that, he's not just saying they believe he existed. That's not what he means. People who believe in Jesus the way Jesus is talking about. They believe what he says about their guilt 
in their sin and they turn to him and the spirit convicts them and helps them recognize that they are sinners in need of a savior and through this process then they turn to believe in Jesus and they put their faith in him and thus they become part of the body of Christ and they leave the world they stop being known as the world they start being part of the body of Christ now once we understand what exactly this pandemic is it's good for us to know the possible effects of it COVID-19 well we know well, that's different for different people and some people we hear they're asymptomatic they can get it they can have no idea some people it feels like a small cold you know Bob Russell recently shared he contracted COVID-19 he said I went to the doctor they weren't too concerned they gave me some cough syrup told me self-isolate and that was about it cough if it gets worse then there was others they described very lingering symptoms trouble breathing for weeks some people described no this was way worse than the flu for me and of course there is a percentage that's even died from it and so this pandemic it hits different people in different ways now when it comes to the sin pandemic it has a lot of the same effects on everyone okay sin doesn't hit different people differently um, maybe the outward effects it might appear that way like yeah you're really struggling with sin and you're not but no there's there's a lot of the same effects on them, uh, all of us so let me tell you some of those effects for one thing sin separates us from God we are created to be in fellowship with God sin disrupts that Isaiah 59 2 says but your iniquities the sins have made a separation between you and your God your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear sin separates us from God and he hasn't gone anywhere it's us we put up a wall with our sin we need to come to him in repentance in the book of Romans God he said to actually give us up to our sinful desires if we continually turn away from him again he's not going anywhere but if we continue to do this, God's going to eventually just, fine, I'll let you go. It's not that I don't love you, but you keep wanting to turn away, go. And he will turn people over to their sinful desires. And that does not mean that they cannot return back to him in repentance. But it means if we willfully abandon him, he will allow us to run away. He will not force us to stay with him. Our sin must be dealt with or it will separate us from God forever. Another thing about sin is that it does long-term damage. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will receive eternal life. Sin is often done without thinking about future consequences oh live in the moment you know just enjoy the moment live it up while you can but the bible is saying here talking about this reaping and sowing and saying when you are sinning you're like you're planting a crop of destruction for your future most of us that are old enough in here we've already seen that like yeah i can remember times when i i was being stupid and i didn't realize the crop that that would yield down the road yeah we need to understand that sin does long-term 
damage. One final way that sin affects all of us is that left untreated, it leads to spiritual death. Now, when it comes to talking about spiritual death and, and hell, you know, some people, they'll hear that and they'll start trying to justify, like, look, man, I've never killed anyone. I've never cheated on my spouse. But Jesus doesn't accept any of those excuses. In the Sermon on the Mount, he teaches anger is like committing murder in your heart. He says lust is like committing adultery in your heart. You know, his standard, it helps show us just how far we all are from holiness. Sin is sin. And the punishment is absolute. Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death. Again, no one likes to be the bearer of bad news. I'm not taking joy in saying that, but if it is a warning, it needs to be said. The wages, what we all earn from sin, is spiritual death. Now, that's not to say that everyone in hell receives the same punishment. Uh, Dante wrote the classic, The Divine Comedy, back in the 1300s. Maybe you studied it in high school. I know I had to. Uh, in that poem, Dante, he's guided to nine circles of hell. Each circle was a different level of punishment. I want you to know, the Bible, it doesn't specifically say that there are different circles of punishment in hell like that, but it does seem to indicate that judgment will be experienced differently for different people. Revelation 20, verse 12, tells us people are judged according to what they are done as recording in the books. So there, there's judgment going on, and then Jesus speaks of different levels of punishment. When he says in Luke 10, it'll be better for the residents of the notoriously wicked towns. He doesn't say that, but I'm letting you know. The notoriously wicked towns of Sodom and Tyre and Sidon than for the Galilean towns that have just refused to listen to him. This lets us know that punishment in hell, it seems to be tied to the amount of light that a person rejects. Like, they can be punished more severely because, well, they saw God in flesh, and yet they rejected him. But whatever degree of punishment hell contains, it's clear we all want to avoid there. The question is, how? How do you get rid of this sin disease that has infected us, that has condemned us? When it comes to a pandemic, you know, that that's the biggest question there is. Well, okay, well, I, I believe you. It's serious. Is there a cure? Now, when it comes to COVID-19, yeah, there's some treatments out there to help the infected, but as of now, there is no confirmed cure. Right now, there are over 400 vaccines and treatments under study as researchers are just rushing to try to produce effective medicines for the disease. But as for the sin pandemic, now at first glance, it would seem like there's not much hope, but that's where the gospel comes in. The word gospel, it literally means good news. And as I've said before, you cannot fully appreciate the good news of the gospel unless you first understand the bad news. So the bad news is what we've been sharing today. There is a sin disease. It is a pandemic. All the world is infected and through it we are condemned to hell because it has separated us from holy God Almighty. Okay? 
That's the bad news. But there is hope. There is good news. In fact, Romans 6.23, where uh, it says here, For the wages of sin is death. That's not the end of that verse. The rest of the verse sheds some light on the good news. Romans 6.23 says in full this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Not death. Eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There is an antidote to the pandemic of sin. There is a cure, and his name is Jesus Christ. Our sin separates us from God, and the only way that we can be reconciled back with God is through Jesus. Jesus was crucified, his blood was shed, and he died as a sacrifice of our sins so that we could be healed from our sin disease through him. Listen to what Isaiah 53, 5 says. It says, but he, talking about Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. He paid the penalty for our sins. Remember I said every, the wages of sin is death. He paid that price. And by his wounds, we are healed. We are healed of our sin disease. When we repent of our sins and receive Jesus Christ as Savior, He forgives our sins and He rescues us from condemnation, from death, from hell. Our sin condemns us. The wages of sin is death, but Christ has paid those wages. He dealt with our sin justly on the cross. And because of that, God now is able to declare me innocent even though I am guilty of sin because Jesus has paid the penalty for my sins and he's able to declare you innocent spotless before him even though you are sinners we all are sinners because Jesus Christ has paid the penalty for our sins the question is since we understand Jesus is the cure have you received the cure have you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. As we come to our time of invitation, I know that many of you are Christians already, and you can answer that question with a confident yes. That is wonderful. I want to encourage you, though, to please continue to take seriously the problem of sin in the world, to share the good news of Jesus with your friends and loved ones that do not know him. Be willing to say warnings even when it makes you uncomfortable. Never be ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1 16 it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God what? For the salvation of everyone who believes. If we really believe that sin is real and that Jesus is the only cure, like the Bible says, then we need to be sharing that with everyone who does not have Jesus as their Savior, who has not received that cure. That is our challenge. That is what we have been commissioned to do by Jesus Christ. And if there are any here today that have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, I implore you, please take what God's Word is saying seriously. Accept the free gift of salvation from your sin that comes through Jesus Christ. 
If you need to make that decision today, I encourage you, just come and talk to me. Even if you're like, I'm not sure I want to get baptized now, but I'd like to talk and learn more about it. Come see me, please, while we stand and sing our song of invitation, Nothing But the Blood. Thank you. 